0: Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Jeff R. Steele. Dr. Steele is the senior pastor of Redeeming Grace Church of Coleman, Alabama. He's a conference speaker, owner of the Christian music group, The Steels, and an award-winning singer and songwriter. Now, here's Dr. Steele. Mark chapter 5 and verse 24, Jesus went and many people followed him and thronged him. They were close to him and they stood very many deep in the crowd to get close to him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood or a blood issue for 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all of her money and got none better, but was just growing worse every day. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the crowd behind and touched his clothes for she said, if I may touch, but his clothes, I will be made whole and straightway. The fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned to the press around him and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, you see the multitude thronging around you. And yet you say, who touched me? In other words, Lord, everybody here is trying to touch you. And many of them are, but you would ask such a question who touched me. And he looked around about to see the one that had done this thing, but the woman fearing and trembling knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of this plague. Well, you know the story. We just read it. Here's a woman who's been sick for 12 years. She had, the Bible says, an issue of blood. Now, in context, we must know that what that means is this woman was bleeding every day for 12 years. This lady had suffered physically. She was beaten down in her body from an ailment that never went away. Every day that she lived over and over, she was reminded of the fact that she was physically sick, it beat her down every day, day by day. And sometimes there would come that point where at night she might say, well, if I wake up tomorrow, surely it will be better tomorrow than it is today. And yet she would awaken the next morning and she was in the same shape she was in when she went to bed, beating her down every day, physically, she was not only physically suffering, she was medically suffering. She suffered under the care of many different physicians. Let me explain to you that in this day in which she lived, their medical folks mostly prescribed for them. What we now know is nothing more than superstitious non-helps. Maybe the weirdest one I ever saw was doctors would tell people with illnesses like this lady, if you will walk around with an ear of corn that was taken from the dung of a white donkey, you'll be made. Well, folks, how do you, forgive me? But how do you know what color the donkey was that left that pile behind? How do you know? I mean, ridiculous things like that. Doctors actually prescribed for people in this kind of condition. So she had suffered medically, physically. She had suffered socially. She had been left on the fringes of life. She could not go to work. They would not allow her because those in her work thought her very presence would defile them. She couldn't stay home because her family even thought that her presence in the home would defile them. So she couldn't go home. She couldn't go to work. She couldn't go to Walmart. She couldn't go anywhere because anywhere she would go, they would think that her presence would defile them as it had defiled her, this disease that she had. So she's on the fringes of society. She's on the outside looking in. She had suffered physically medically, socially, and she had suffered religiously because of her ailment, this issue of blood. They wouldn't even let her come to church. She couldn't even go to the house of God and be around her friends. So this woman was in a great deal of pain. She suffered physically, medically. She suffered socially. She suffered religiously. She was in a bad place. And yet on this day, she made up her mind. She was going to crawl and get to Jesus. She said to herself, if I can just get to Jesus, if I can just get in his presence, I know he can make me well. The Bible says when she heard about Jesus, I don't know how she heard about Jesus. I don't know where she heard about Jesus. Maybe she heard the story of the Gadarene demoniac who in the first part of Mark chapter five was released from the demon spirits that were inside of him. Maybe she heard that. Maybe she heard some other person that was as sick as she was on the outskirts of town, on the fringes of society. Maybe she heard it from them that Jesus, the great healer, was coming her way. For whatever reason, whatever way she heard it, she heard Jesus was coming and said, if I can just get to Jesus, everything will be all right. My problem will be fixed. How did she come to that conclusion that he could fix what was broken? She came to that conclusion because she believed in her heart, something we used to believe in our country. We used to believe it all over the world. She came to the conclusion. If I can just get to Jesus because she possessed the ability to believe something in her heart that we used to, but seemingly no longer believe. You know what that belief was? She believed that God is great. How many of you can finish this prayer with me? Nobody got their hands up. Come on. Get your hands up. Praying position. Come on. How many can finish this prayer? God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands we are fed Thank you, God, for daily bread. Folks, we used to teach our children that prayer. Most of them cannot say it anymore because we don't teach it to them because in our hearts we have lost the belief that God is great. But just because you don't believe God is great, that doesn't mean He isn't great. Our God is great. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created you and me. God created everything you can see. God created the mountains and the streams. God created it all. Why? Because He is great. And this woman chose to believe what we seem to have forgotten about, and that is that God was great. And she said, If I I can just get to him. I don't have to have him touch me. I don't have to have him acknowledge me. If I can just get to where he is, if I can just reach out with my fingers and touch his clothes, I know that somebody as great as our God will have enough residual greatness in his body that it will seep out first through his clothes. And if I can't touch him, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know the residual greatness that exists there will be enough to fix my problems, all that we could get back to the place where we had the innate belief that God was great. She believed God was great. In Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14, Abraham looked around and said, Is there anything too hard for God? In Jeremiah 32 and verse 29, the Bible says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Our God is a great God. This lady believed it, and because she believed it, she said, If I have to crawl on my belly like a reptile, I'm going to get to Jesus, and I believe the greatness of His presence will be enough for me to have my problems fixed. The Bible says, when she touched His clothes, the Bible says, immediately she knew she was healed of her disease. Immediately she knew she was healed. Of her disease. Then the very next verse says, immediately, while she was feeling she'd been healed from her disease, Jesus felt immediately that power had gone out of him. Isn't it amazing? That as immediately as she felt she was healed, Jesus felt like virtue or power had gone out of him. And he turned around and he said, Who touched me? Who touched me? Now the disciples didn't get it. They immediately said, come on now, Lord. There's thousands and thousands of people that are thronging you. All of them want to touch you. Some of them are touching you. And yet you would ask a question so silly as, who touched me? Why did Jesus ask who touched me? Because Jesus knew. He already knew who it was. He's God. He knows everything, so he knows who touched him. He asked, who touched me? Which one of you touched? Did this thing because he wanted to see. Okay, you can believe me for the big miracle, the one time event that changed your life. You can believe me for that. Now, I'd like to see you and know whether you believe me enough to trust me. Most of us can believe as hard as we can believe for the new house that we have need of. We can believe as hard as we want to believe or need to believe for the new car we need. But can you trust God enough to put furniture in the house? Can you trust God enough to make the payments on the house once he's provided it? Can you trust God enough that he can put gas in that new car that he provided for you? God wants to see If this lady can believe for anything more than her miracle, can she believe God to take care of her day by day by day? And then in verse 33, Jesus looks at the lady when she was exposed as the one who had touched him, and it says she told him all the truth. She told him all the truth. Let me ask you something today. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time you told God all the truth? When was the last time you told him about all the truth about the sin in your life? When's the last time you got on your knees before God and said, Oh God, I want to tell you about the thing that is addicting me. I want to tell you about the sin in my life. I don't want to try to convince you that it's just a small insignificant problem that I have. I want to confess to you it's a sin in my life and I'm losing the battle against sin in my life. How long has it been since you told God all the truth? How long has it been since you told God all the truth about, you know, this lady, it says she had spent all of her money on every doctor in the countryside, and she got worse instead of better. When's the last time you told God all the truth about the other doctors you've tried? Some people, when they get in trouble, and they're down, and their eyes are filled with tears, and their their nights are filled with restlessness, they try other doctors. Some try the doctor of entertainment, and it doesn't work. Some go and see doctor drugs and it doesn't work. Some try doctor alcohol and it doesn't work. When was the last time you confessed to God? I've been to other doctors and they didn't work. You're never gonna find another doctor that works like Dr. Jesus because he is the great God and he and he alone can touch your life and fix the broken places that are there. When was the last time you told all the truth to Dr. Jesus? Let me tell you something. You're afraid that he'll somehow cast you out if you tell him all the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, he already knows the truth. He just wants to see if you'll trust him enough to tell him the truth. When was the last time, like this lady, you told God all the truth? When she told him all the truth, Jesus said, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Do you know she's the only lady in the Bible, only one who was ever called daughter? Mary, the mother of Jesus, was never called daughter. Daughter, Mary Magdalene was never called daughter, but this lady, the one that told him all the truth, the one that finally said, if I can just get to him, any way I can get to him, if I have to crawl, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I don't need him to call me out on a healing line. I just need to crawl and touch his clothes so I can take advantage of the residual power that's there. He called her a daughter. What about that? When's the last time you told him all the truth? You say, Jeff, weren't there others that had needs that day? Oh yeah, I'm sure there were. Many others that had needs at least as great as hers and maybe some greater. They were in the crowd and they bumped up against him. They touched him and yet they didn't get their needs met. They were not freed of their problem. Why is that? Folks, Jesus Christ knows the difference between casual contact and the earnest, desperate seeker. He knows the difference. He knows who comes to church on Sunday basically just to see the show. He knows the ones that are here today just to see who's gonna sing and how good a job are they gonna do. He knows the ones that come just to shake hands with their neighbor that they didn't see all week long. He knows the ones that are here to say, Wonder if that preacher's got anything to say today. He knows the difference between those who came today to casually observe the show and the ones that really came with a desperate need that needed a touch from Jesus. Those that are desperate for help, He knows and He will provide. Last Sunday was Father's Day of all things. I preached a message to our fathers but after the service was over while sitting in my office for just a couple of minutes a young girl who attends our church on a regular basis from the ukraine she walked into my office and she said pastor i want to be baptized i sat back in my chair and i said why do you want to be baptized she said I I just need a fresh start. I want a do-over. I said, okay. I said, I need you to do me a favor. I said, I need you to share your testimony with me. She said, well, when I was back home, I lived in an orphanage, and people would come there and talk about God. And then when I came here, I went to two or three youth camps, and people would talk about God. Then I got baptized two or three times, and I felt so clean at that moment. I held up my hand and I said, wait a minute. I said, you were raised in orphanages where people would come and talk about God. You went to youth camps and had a good time. You've been under the water and felt good for a minute. I said, honey, I said, baptism doesn't save anybody. It's just water. It can make you feel cleaner, but it can't do anything for you as far as the power of God is concerned. I said, let me explain to you. And I shared with her the gospel about the sacrifice for centuries of lambs on the altar in the Holy of Holies that the priest would make and drip all the blood out of a lamb a family had raised for years to be their sacrifice for this moment. And when they would see their lamb die and the blood spill out, they had their sins covered for one year. I told her about how Jesus came as the once and for all lamb of God to make that sacrifice for you and for me. And I said, baptism is nothing more than a public testimony to the world that you've been changed on the inside, that you accept the sacrifice of Jesus, that you have repented of your sins, that you have said, I want a new life. I want to be a new person. I said, are you ready to do that? She said, I want people to see him in me. I said, dear friend, if you want people to see him in you, what we have to do is make sure absolutely sure, deadly sure that he's in you. And then once he's in you and we know that he's in you, then people will look at you and they will see him. You know the biggest problem we have in the church world today? People that come to the altar, they felt the call of the Holy Spirit and they tried to split the difference. They come and they do what we encourage some folks to do. And that is to rededicate their lives. The problem is you can't rededicate anything that's never been dedicated to start with. And I explained to her how she could repent of her sins and how she could invite Jesus into her heart. And I said, would you like to do that? And she said, yes. And sitting in my office last Sunday afternoon, after the father's day message, somebody got saved. Because the presence of God was real. And when His presence is there, His power is there. And when His power is there, you could preach about Mickey Mouse going to church at Disney World, and God will be present, and He will come on the scene, and He will change things forever. Now, listen, ladies and gentlemen, this lady was desperate. The young lady last week was desperate. She just didn't know how to explain it. She didn't know the words to say. She had been bamboozled by religion into thinking you have to get baptized to be saved. She'd been bamboozled by religion that taught her you had to come to church to be saved. You had to be a certain color or race or ethnicity to be saved. Folks, listen to me. Anybody that's desperate enough to come out of their sin can be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, and sin. You just got to get desperate enough. When you get desperate enough to do whatever it takes to get in the presence of Jesus, you will find out he can fix whatever's broken in your life. This dear lady, 12 years of perpetual day-by-day sickness until she finally decided, he's my only hope. If you're lost today, he's your only hope. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says, there is no other name given among men whereby which we must be saved. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. If you're not desperate enough to go through him, there is no other way to be saved. But thank God Jesus said, anybody that comes can be saved if they'll just come to me desperate enough to do What the Bible says you have to do, and that's repent of your sins and confess to God that you're a wicked sinner in the sight of God, and he will look at you with the compassion of a heavenly father who only sees you through the blood of his dear son, and he will receive you today. If you're that person in church who says man i used to be on fire i used to feel like god was as close to me as a person sitting in the seat beside of me but now it's not like that anymore oh the burdens are so heavy the way is so rough and i just don't feel like i once did if you'll come to this altar today if jesus christ is in your heart he will put that fire back in your heart that used to be there and he will embrace you and he will say you are still my child And I want to hug you up close to myself. Why don't you do that today? Why don't you come in simple rededication today and say, God, my life's not what it used to be. It's not what it ought to be. I want to rededicate myself afresh and anew to you. If you're lost today, I'll be standing right here. Why don't you come and let's pray it out today. Make sure before you leave here that you're saved. Are you desperate enough to do what you have to do, whatever that is, to get in the presence of God, to just touch the hem of his garment and the residual greatness that's inside of him will make its way out to you. It'll fix what's broken. Won't you come today? Every head bowed, please, and every eye closed. If you'd like to contact Dr. Steele, you can go to his website at jeffrsteele.com. If you'd be interested in Dr. Steele coming to speak or having the Steele's minister at your next event, there's a booking inquiry form there. You may also call the office at 256-590-2068.